Hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you both develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my heart and do incredible things in my life. So over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so incredibly glad to have you here. This is the 40th episode, and I am super excited about that. I just want to say thank you to you, to every single one of you who have been a part of this project so far. I hope that in some way it's helped you establish or strengthen the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer, or maybe brought hope or encouragement into your life on some particular day when you needed it. The habit of Bible reading and prayer is literally life-changing And thank you to every one of you who has helped spread this message, who has shared the Word of God, whether that's through leaving a review or a comment or, I don't even know, sharing it on social media. But just thank you again. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. It's been a very exciting journey. Today, I'm going to give myself a little bit of a freebie. I'm going to talk about finding inspiration to write And I want to encourage you to write. I've really only done one episode on journaling, and I would refer you back to that. I think it was just called Journaling Basics. But writing has opened up the Word of God for me in so many ways and brought it to life. And so I just wanted to talk about, kind of just give you a few ideas of where I find inspiration to write. Um, I also want to mention in the coming weeks, I've felt very strongly to share the overarching story of the Bible, the grand themes of the Bible, and the threads that run through the Word of God. We are told in the Word of God to rightly divide the Word of truth. So we can't simply write inspirational thoughts, devotional thoughts that are not biblically sound or doctrinally accurate. Growing up, my pastor taught, and it was quoted at his funeral, when you get a revelation, sift it through all 66 books of the Bible before you teach it. And that is very sound advice. I would say before you write, sift it through all 66 books of the Bible. Now I understand when you're in the beginning stages, you probably don't even know what's in all 66 books of the Bible. I've been in the Bible (laughs) every day for a long time, and I certainly do not know everything that's in the Bible. It is such a deep book. But I think it's just proving the point or making the point that we have to make sure we are rightly dividing the word. And so we're going to be breaking down the Old Testament, breaking down the New Testament in the coming weeks. But again, today I just want to inspire you to write and to use your journal and a good, good pen. So any of the thoughts that I've shared on the podcast are something that God has ministered to me through at some point. Sometimes the things that I write about start in real life, maybe while I'm driving, maybe while I'm getting ready for work, maybe while I'm making dinner, and they lead me to the Word of God or scriptures will kind of start to, uh, kind of like puzzle pieces snap in place like regarding that particular thought. 
And then there's other times where they start in the word of God while I'm reading, like a phrase will jump off the page or a word will jump off the page or I'll look something up in a dictionary or a concordance and it will just minister to me. And a lot of times I go from reading to writing to crying to praying back to reading because it's just sort of how it's worked for me. A lot of times my prayers have been fueled by the things that God shows me while I write. So I'm just going to give you a couple of random things that I've written about over the years. One day I was sitting on my deck um, at my old house and I said to God, I just feel like I'm hanging on by a thread and I've heard God speak to me, but it's a strong thread. And I immediately saw a spider web hanging down from a tree and I started studying spider webs. Now, it's debatable whether spider silk is as strong as steel or not. Some say it is, some say it isn't. But it was just a really interesting and really encouraging thought. And so a lot of times that's something like that will happen where I'll see something or be reminded of something in the natural world, in creation, study it out. It correlates to the Word of God. It was just a really encouraging thought for me in that moment that no matter how weak I felt, and if I felt like I was holding on by a thread, God had me and he wasn't going to let me go. Once I was driving and I saw a license plate that said 92410. It was a date. And I just started to think about how you never know what a day is going to bring, both good or bad. And then there's a phrase in First Kings chapter 4 that says, it fell upon a day. And so I just wrote about how our daily decisions make our lives. There was another time where I was reading, and I was reading Ezekiel chapter 47, and there's a little line in there. It says, whose leaf shall not fade because their waters issued out of the sanctuary. And it was just like these different verses started kind of again just popping into my mind. I was reminded of Psalms chapter 1 where it says that his delight is in the law of the Lord and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And I was reminded of Psalm 52, 8 that says, I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. And then there's another verse in Jeremiah says that those that trust in the Lord shall be like a tree whose leaf doesn't wither. And so I just ended up writing about how if our roots are in the sanctuary, if our roots are in delighting in the word of God and our roots are in trusting God, we're going to flourish no matter what the circumstances are around us. There was another time um, I had read Psalm chapter 5. It says, hearken unto me when I cry. And I just looked up every time the word cry is used in the Psalms and wrote every single time that David used the word cry down in a list. There was another time where I was writing a card that had been in my desk drawer and it smelled so strongly of Altoids, which were also in the same desk drawer. And it just reminded me of the fact that what we're near leaves a scent on our lives. And when we choose to live near Jesus, his scent is on our lives. 2 Corinthians 2.15 says, we are the fragrance of Christ. So again, so random, but just kind of a little idea of how uh, different things have inspired me. One time we owned a rental property. We were working in the basement and God just reminded me that the prep is as important as the paint. You can't put 
expensive waterproofing paint on basement walls that haven't been prepped. There's a lot of work. In fact, the prep work of that particular project took more time than the actual application of the paint. And not to despise the preparation God does in our lives before he fulfills a calling. There's, oh my word, so many things that I could talk about that I've written over the years. And and again, that God has just really used to encourage me. We used to have morning glories that live or that grew next to our kitchen window. And one morning I woke up, it was still dark out. And I looked out the window and the morning glories were blooming. And they bloom while it's still night. And so I wrote about blooming while it's still dark out. Write about people. Um, I've written about some different people in my life that I've lost and just kind of written down the things that made them so special to me, things that I've learned about them, how they impacted my life. In my current journal, I have a couple of thoughts that God has used to minister to me so deeply. One day I was teaching a Bible study And some inspiration does come as I teach the Word of God. I was reading the account of the spies that went to spy out the Promised Land in uh, Numbers 13, I believe. And they're so negative. And then if you read the account that Moses gives, I believe it's in Deuteronomy 8, He gives an account of the promised land, and it's literally as if two different places are being described. And so I had just been thinking about this contrast of their two perspectives, one so negative and one so positive. And that night, my daughter, my husband, and I were driving downtown, and my daughter said the phrase, there's always two sides to every story. And I was like, boom, I'm writing about that. And so I wrote about two sides to every story. And in every situation in life, you can find the good or you can find the bad. This December, I had been reading through Matthew 1 and 2, Luke 1 and 2, as I always do in the month of December. And the phrase that the angel says to Mary, you shall conceive in your womb, just, it struck me so, so, so powerfully that Jesus, God robed in flesh, started small, started in a womb, went through the process. It was so encouraging. So those are just a few random things that I've written, kind of how they were inspired. But I just want to give you a few quick suggestions for finding inspiration for you to write. First of all, pay attention to life. We rush through our lives. We live in such a busy day and age, and then all the forms of communication that we have on top of that just make us so frantically busy. But just slow down with life, pay attention, find beauty and inspiration in unexpected places, and look at the little details. It really makes life so, so, so beautiful. And I've heard it said that beauty is healing. And so just find beauty in the craziest little places. The sparkliness of the salt that they put out when it snows. I've been noticing that this year, and it is so beautiful. I think I might have squealed about it at one point. Pay attention to your thoughts. God speaks in our thoughts many times. And if God spoke it to you, he can speak it to you again. Just ask him to talk to you about it. Ask him to flesh it out. I know I've said this probably many times over the last uh, series of, or 
last episodes, but slow down with the Word of God. Look up words that stand out. Look them up in the original text. Use a regular dictionary. Pay attention to phrases. Again, I want to reiterate. Don't read simply defined inspirational thoughts. And don't take things out of context, but do allow the Word of God to speak to you. And allow God to speak to you through His Word. As I was thinking about this episode, I was reminded of the verse in Philippians that says, Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, think on these things. Paul says, pick your thoughts. There's another verse that says, set your affections on things above. Paul wrote, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We have to retrain our minds to look for the good, the healthy, the pure, the positive things. We're told in Romans 12 to renew our mind. And I do want to recommend a book along that line. It's called Switch Your Brain On by Dr. Carolyn Leaf. Very interesting scientific research-based proof for what the Bible calls renewing your mind. And so just retrain your brain again to kind of look for things through a very positive lens and through a lens of faith. And then when it comes to writing, start small. Encouraging thoughts don't have to be pages and pages. Maybe start with a paragraph or two. You're just writing about what you see in the Word of God. And remember what Brother Raymond Woodward said, the difference between Bible reading and Bible study is what you write down. And when you write it down, you can go back to it and be encouraged at some point in the future. So again, I hope that was helpful. Just again, how it does not have to be big or grand. Don't overcomplicate it. Just write about random things. And with that in mind, I am going to share something that I wrote that started in a very random way, but was very encouraging to to me many years ago. So without further ado, today's unedited entry, Satisfaction Guaranteed. As I sat at Sendix, waiting for Olive to return with donuts, I saw a lady pull up in a gorgeous black Denali. I noted it because Noodle is always pointing them out to me. I watched her drive away and thought, I wonder if she's satisfied with that purchase. Isn't that what every consumer is hoping for? Satisfaction? 100%. Satisfaction guaranteed. Every consumer, every soul, every individual searching, looking, longing for something that will satisfy, something that will fill the void, fill the deep ache in the middle of who they are. Satisfy is a verb that means to meet the expectations, needs, or desires of someone, to fulfill a need or desire, and it's a noun that means the fulfillment of one's wishes, expectations, or needs, or the pleasure derived from this. I have come to the conclusion in life that satisfaction, or I would say fulfillment, is the thing that each person is longing for. There is an empty spot in every soul begging to be filled. We hurry and scurry to fill it with this and that. Friendships, hobbies, sports, new cars, new clothes, new homes, religion, charity, relationships, donuts, the latest trend, the bestseller. Or maybe we just try to numb the realization that the void is there to forget the ache that's gnawing away at the core of our soul. The new miniseries, business, busyness, busy, busy, hurry, hurry, alcohol, drugs, the next party. We haven't found that thing yet, the elusive piece of the puzzle that is still missing. 
Success has not fixed it. Fun, vacations, and cheap thrills have only addressed it momentarily. The high has worn off. The euphoria of the relationship has faded. The car has rust. The book, the bottle, the shopping bag, long since forgotten. The certificates, medals, and the accolades that rang in your ears still have not touched that spot. The chocolate frosting on the donut? It was good, but nope, that didn't satisfy either. You see, you cannot address deep soul ache with surface fixes. You were created and designed with that void intentionally fashioned for the only one thing to fix it. Psalm 145.16 says, You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. It possibly sounds hokey, but it is true nonetheless. You were formed to be satisfied by him. The God of all creation, Jesus, is the only thing that will ever satisfy, satiate, fulfill that deep place in your heart that you haven't been able to fix. He is the only one that can truly offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Not religion, not form, not motion, not ritual, not rites, but relationship. A deep, glowing, vibrant relationship with Him, facilitated by His presence, His power, His Word, and His Spirit, which He will give you to overflowing, and that's better than satisfied. John 7, 37 to 38 says, He that believeth on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Too many of us have settled for religion. Really, that will never touch that spot. This is what Paul writes to Timothy about. In 2 Timothy 3, 5, he says, Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Nope, not enough. Jesus wants heart connection, soul-satisfying relationship. He wants to get into the inner crevices, the deepest places, and bring contentment, fulfillment, and satisfaction that nothing else can. To borrow the words of Paul again, in Romans seven fourteen, the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. He wants to satisfy you. The word of God is full of scriptures that say he will. Psalm 90, 14, Psalm 91, 16, Isaiah 58, 11, Psalm 103, 5, Psalm 107, 9 says he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Psalm 145, 16, Psalm 17, 15, Psalm 37, 19, Psalm 63, 5, Psalm 65, 4, and Colossians 2.10 says, You are complete in him. Get on your knees, get in his word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. His word is alive and powerful, no ordinary book, a living document with the ability to satisfy. Hebrews 4.12 says, It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Get full to overflowing with his spirit. You can read about this in Acts chapter 2, especially verses 38 and 39. It's a promise for all. You will find that satisfaction can be 100% guaranteed. Now I'd better go eat that donut. And thanks to the lady who drove by in the Denali.
pretty random. But when I wrote that, I literally remember the morning that I wrote that sitting by my couch. And it was so encouraging to me. And so, again today, I just wanted to remind you and encourage you to write. It's just for you and Jesus. So get out your journal. Get out your pen. Get out your Bible. And see what God wants to show you today. Thank you so, so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or to download or type your handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit meganedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy Saturday.